Ozark Highlands Radio is brought to you by the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Mountain View, Arkansas, a wonderful way to enjoy yesterday. On the web at ozarkfolkcenter.com. Hey everybody, this is Dave Smith, host of Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome to our show. This week we're going to feature Danny Dozier, one of the best pickers in the state of Arkansas, who also happens to be one of the nicest fellows you'll ever meet. We'll also be hearing from our resident historian, Charlie Sandage, about the famous Ozark Folk Festival that takes place every April here in Mountain View, Arkansas. And we'll be visiting with my old pal, Mark Jones, to see if he's found anything of interest from the archives here at the Ozark Folk Center. All that and more this week on Ozark Highlands Radio. Living in nearby Batesville, Arkansas, Danny Dozier is no stranger to the stage here at the Ozark Folk Center. He plays here frequently with several bands because no one turns down a chance to have Danny add his amazing talent into the mix. As you can probably tell by listening to him, he's a very sweet and friendly, down-home kind of guy. Here's a set of six fine tunes from Danny Dozier, starting off with a Chet Atkins instrumental. been doing a job in Hot Springs as a band leader for an event down there, a summertime event. And um, after one of the shows, 
Grandpa and Ramona Jones came by and introduced themselves to me, and I was playing an old uh, Gibson A-style mandolin, and Ramona wanted to see the mandolin. And <clears throat> we visited a little bit, and Ramona just uh, off the cuff said, well, if you never need a job, give me a call. And uh, I said, oh, I won't ever forget that, you know. And it so happened the show in Hot Springs folded up. And, you know, uh, when I'd moved back from... Austin, Texas, where I'd been playing music. The only music scene around Batesville where I grew up was uh, playing nightclubs. And I, I continued to do that quite a bit, but I was definitely looking for another option to continue playing music and get out of the nightclub scene. So when the show in Hot Springs folded up, I thought I'll call Ramona. I happened to call her and um, she said, I I'd like for you to come over and try out. I went over and tried out at their dinner theater and got the job. During that time, I made more acquaintances in Mountain View. After Ramona and her family moved back to Nashville, um, I had established more friends over here. So that was my way of becoming involved in the Mountain View music scene. I was completely surprised, uh, shocked, actually. Um, I'm not that good a mandolin player. I was playing mandolin and some guitar and, and different things during the show, and I had never had anybody make that kind of an offer to me before in the music business. I didn't know that much about them. Um, I did know they had a dinner theater over here in Mountain View. I knew Grandpa and Ramona from Hee Haw, so when I, when I made that call and Ramona said, come over for a tryout, 
it was all very uh, professional about everything they did. So I felt real comfortable with that position. Um, it gave me an opportunity at that point to really start playing more acoustic music than I ever had before. So that was a real opportunity for me there and, and to develop my fingerstyle playing a lot more at that point too. I went down to Riggsville town and met an old man and his name was Brown. He said, you can sleep in my shanty-o, but you'll have to sleep with the baby-o. When I got there, I was froze to death and I didn't want to smell no baby's breath. So I took a big drink and I said, by darn, if you don't mind, I'll sleep in the barn. Oh, the night was cold and the wind did blow. Smoke rolled out of the shanty-o, shivered and I shook with a frosted toe. Well, I wish I'd slept with the baby-o. Well, the morning came and I took me a look when I heard somebody say, Suck, cow, suck. There standing on the frozen straw was the prettiest girl in Arkansas. Well, I looked at her and she looked at me and I said, Young lady, who might you be? She said, My name is Mary Jo, but the old man calls me the baby-o. Smoke rolled out of the shanty-o Shivered and I shook with a frosted toe Well, I wish I'd slept with the baby-o to the shack and she fixed a big breakfast of a razorback. Well, I sat by the fire and I thawed my toe, but I couldn't help but looking at the baby-o. Well, I started to leave and she came to me and she said, what might your title be? Well, I took her hand and I told her right, I'm the fool that slept in the barn last night. You know, for a long time, there wasn't such a thing as a local venue where people paid admittance to go in and see a show here in Mountain View. It was, it was mostly what's happening out under the trees on the square, um, behind buildings and everywhere you could see. Um, so it was, it was more of a, um, people would come here because they never knew who was going to be around, standing around playing and, and, and uh, you know, when the weather's right and the conditions are right and you got the right groups of little people huddled up here and there, you sometimes you hear some music that you've never heard before and you never will again, uh, real unique situations.
Well, you know, like I say, when I first started, I, I was listening to a Ramblin' Jack Elliott record that a guitar teacher that was teaching my sister to play from, he was from New York City and he was going to school in Batesville. And I think he showed me one basic finger pattern to play. And I was playing that finger pattern, trying to develop that ability to play with your fingers rather than a flat pick. And um, that was, it was more, I would call it a folk style of, of, of finger style playing. You know, other people were doing it, um, Bob Dylan, and, you know, Peter, Paul and Mary and different people like that. Then um, when I started working at the Grandpa Jones Dinner Theater, that's when I became a little more interested in wanting to find out more about Merle Travis because he was a close friend with the Jones family. So I started listening because I wanted, I, I always had a, a solo spot in, in the show and I wanted to play a really good Merle Travis song. So I started to listen to his stuff and see what separated it from Ramblin' Jack Elliott, Jackie Phelps, Chet Atkins, people like that. And uh, the thing that I was able to pick up on with Travis, which came real natural for me, was the rhythmic thing that he was doing. And now he was doing a lot of stuff up high too, and a lot of fast melodies and things like that. But his rhythm that he was playing with his thumb while he was doing all that stuff really hit home with me. And then I, and then you start trying to get that rhythm thing going, and you're going, well, okay, I'm kind of getting the groove that he had but it's still not sounding just like it. And of course, back then, you didn't have YouTube and you just didn't have places where you could go watch and see how what they were doing with their hand. But I did, um, slowly you would start learning more things. And, and some of this was through people like Mark Jones that was around him a lot. And when I would be playing, Mark would say something, you know, Travis used to do this or that.
You've been listening to six great tunes performed by Danny Dozier at the Ozark Folk Center State Park. Danny played a Chet Atkins instrumental, Alabama Jubilee, Jimmy Driftwood's song The Baby-O, Bob Dylan's classic Mr. Bojangles, Saturday Night Shuffle, and Merle Travis's I Am a Pilgrim. When we come back from this break, I'll be on my weekly trek down to the Ozark Folk Center Music Archives to hear Mark Jones' pick of the week. This is Ozark Highlands Radio. come to the favorite part of the show, at least for me. This is the time that I go down into the vault and and see my buddy Mark Jones, who kind of is the keeper of the music that we've recorded here at the Folk Center over the last 40-some-odd years. Let's take a trip down there and see what's going on today. Hey, Mark, are you down here? Yeah, Dave, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Life is good. It is. It's boy, it's a beautiful day out there. Have you been working out at your place? Every day. Right now I'm building a, a log cabin. We're building a little guest cabin, doing it in the old style uh, of dovetail notches. So I've been spending a lot of time with a handsaw and a couple of wood chisels. Man, Dave, you're so talented. You just, you've learned so much from folks around here. And I, would you mind if I come out there and spend a night in your cabin sometime? Well, I'd rather you come out tomorrow and help me put up that 14-foot log I was working on today. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mark, you got a lot of music down here. What, what you been listening to this week? Well, you know, Dave, I run across this recording of Ann Ollie Gilbert, oh, and uh, she was just such a special lady. You know, when I first came here, I remember Jimmy Driftwood told me a story about her and her family. When they moved here, they came out of North Carolina, and as they were coming across all through North Carolina, Tennessee, into Arkansas. They had a covered wagon, and they had all their stuff in it, but Ollie didn't have room to ride, so she ended up walking with this covered wagon and carried her baby brother for the whole distance. People were tough in those days, weren't they? I believe Aunt Ollie was born in 1896, so she had a long life here at the Folk Center. She performed here for several years after the Folk Center opened in 1973. Yeah, I think this uh, recording, she uh, said she was 79 or 80 at that time, and this was recorded back in 1973. So, well, I'd, I'd like to share it with you. That'd be great. Let's listen to it. Let's see what it is. Oh, this is uh, this is Aunt Ollie singing the old ballad about Cole Younger. It's a, supposedly a true song, 
I am a noted highwayman, Cole Younger is the name. Off deeds of desperators has led to many of a shame. Of robbing off the Northfield banks, it be down every day night. It's a deed that I'll be sorry of until the day I die. We buy the fastest horses and then we ride away. We fight to win over father's death. We fight to win the prize. We fight the Angoliller boys until the day we die. We ride the fastest horses and ride them into town. And on the prairie mound in the James boys we sat down. With cards and knives, revolvers, we all sat down to play. A drinking of good whiskey, boys, to pass the time away. We then got on our horses, and northward we did go. That God-forsaken little town called Minnesota. Cole had his eye on the Northfield banks, which Brother Bob did say. Said, Cole, if you undertake the job, you'll surely curse the day. We stationed out our pickets and rode up to the town. And on the counter we struck our fatal blow. Said, hand us over your money, boys, brother Bob did say. We are the noted younger boys, we spare no time to play. We then got on our horses and started out of town. The officer presumed us, and Jim was shot down. While three the brave companion made it home alive. While two the brave companion lay between the Minnesota sky. Wow, what a great tune that is. It's really neat to hear old Aunt Ollie singing again after she's been passed on for so long. You know, Aunt Ollie was the last of a dying breed of the old ballad singers who learned those old ballads uh, by the oral tradition, usually from their mothers or grandmothers or other ballad singers, and remembered them all those years and kept them alive. That's true. She sure was, and uh, she was a great person. I did get to know her, and when she'd go to sing... A lot of times she had a roll of uh, adding machine paper, and she just, on that roll, she had her words written to it. A lot of the songs that she knew, and she just rolled down to that little section of that adding machine paper, and it would have her words written. Yeah, I remember that. I also remember she had a lot of jokes written down on that paper, too. I wonder where that paper is today. Oh, I don't know. It'd be worth a fortune to have that, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would. Well, look, thanks a lot, Mark. Hey, I'll see you again next week, okay? Thank you, Dave. I'm glad you came down. I hope you get your cabin done soon. Well, bring your work gloves when you come out tomorrow. I'll do it. Let's head back down to the stage here at the Ozark Folk Center Auditorium to hear some more great music from Danny Dozier.
One of the things about Travis was the chords, the chords that he made up, his own chords, like the Beatles made up a lot of their chords. Those chords that he would make up were a lot of the full, big, rounded sound that he would get with his rhythm. So to me, that the, the rhythm and that chord structure was, was the thing that separated Merle from those other artists. And today at the, uh, at the panel discussion, I, I thought it was very interesting the way uh, Tom Bresh was talking about when Merle was learning, he'd go over to one side of town and listen to Mose Rager, then he'd go down the railroad tracks to where the blacks were and where the blacks lived and he would listen to that. So, you know, a lot of that rhythm came from the black influence right there. Mose Rager's influence on Merle was uh, uh, a little more melodic, but, but Mose had that lick down too, a lot of rhythm in his playing and all that. So that's what really, to me, separates that Kentucky kind of finger style thing is a lot of the rhythmic sound that he does. that I started playing um, when the Merle Travis weekend started in the late 70s, early 80s. It took it a few years, but once the Kentucky guitar players became involved in it, they didn't have a contest over there in Kentucky at the time. So the Folk Center was what I would call the national competition for that style of playing, for strictly thumb style playing. And um, there were other finger style competitions all over the United States, but this was strictly thumb style. There may have been more, but I wasn't aware of it.
the very first concert, I came over not with an intention of being in the contest because I hadn't really developed a Merle Travis style. I, I had been trying to play Ramblin' Jack Elliott style some. It was finger style, but I wanted to come over here and see what it was all about. I saw it advertised and I thought, shoot, I'm gonna go over there. There'll be some big time guitar players. And there were, um, the featured players were, the contestants weren't. Um, there was only maybe four or five contestants that first year. And uh, somebody said, you might as well go ahead and enter it. So I did, but I'll never forget after I entered it, you know, I was backstage a lot um, before contest and got to meet Merle Travis. He was very, very kind and, and uh, humble. And the first time I met him, he was leaned up backstage listening to the group that was on stage through a speaker system in, in the dressing area. And he was just leaned up against the wall jamming with that band that was playing on the stage, you know. And I really knew at that time, you know, he, he's not about coming over here to try to prove how great he is or anything. He just loves music, you know. That was Danny Dozier from Batesville, Arkansas, playing the Beatles' Here Comes the Sun. We started that set out with I'll See You in My Dreams, The Cannonball Rag, and Tears. After a short break, we'll visit with Charlie Sandage about the origins of the annual Ozark Folk Festival here in Stone County, Arkansas. This is Ozark Highlands Radio.
World War II cut through the Ozark cultural landscape like rivers had carved out its valleys ages before. Men went away to serve. Some came home to stay, and many returned only long enough to marry their sweethearts or collect their families and move away. By war's end, most folks who were still here had radios. Magazines and newspapers came in the mail, and telephone lines had begun to stretch along ridge roads. Still, subsistence farming and timber-related work remained essential to the regional economy well into the 50s. Fishing and hunting supplemented the fare on many supper tables, and a scarcity of paved highways made a trip to any town of more than a few hundred far from routine. Alan Lomax was a pioneering musicologist who built on work begun by his folklorist father, John A. Lomax. He found a rich vein to mine in Stone County, Arkansas, during his 1959 and 1960 Southern Journey, a song-gathering expedition across seven states. When an extensive collection of recordings from this project was finally released in 1977, one of its 13 CDs was devoted entirely to this immediate area. Lomax captured the exuberant wit of Neil Morris, father of Jimmy Driftwood. Well, I had a dream the other night. I dreamed that I could fly. He heard Ollie Gilbert and Almeda Riddle sing their renditions of ballads that had made their way from the British Isles to this place, changing as they went. That sailed upon the sea. And he recorded fiddle tunes by Absy Morrison. But here, as in other Ozark communities, those tunes and songs were giving way to sounds from Nashville and New York. Tom Simmons, a key player in events that led to the 1973 inauguration of the Ozark Folk Center, feels that they might have been lost altogether if not for an ironic string of events. I, I think probably the what we see as old-time music would have just fell by the wayside had uh, the Ozark Folk Center not been built. The music was here. It was just dormant. And it took uh, something like this Folk Center coming to the area to really bring it out. And the early festivals here, of course, was the movement that did just that. The 1960 census revealed high rates of poverty in many Ozark counties, and that opened the door for funding of economic development initiatives in the region. Leo Rainey, a rural development agent for the University of Arkansas, saw an opportunity to turn traditional craftsmanship in the region into cash income. Area leaders formed a plan and organized a craft guild then held a crafts fair in Mountain View in April of 1962. Tom Simmons recalled how that crafts fair became a spark that fired up the community's traditional musicians. Once I got over here, I got acquainted with uh, uh, Dean Hinesley and Buddy Lankster and some people like that and, and uh, was excited when they had the first craft fair here, although there was no music involved in it, as I remember, but 
after the affair was over, some people, Leo Rainey, I believe, was the one that approached Jim Driftwood, who was a renowned songwriter at the time, uh, to help uh, maybe uh, incorporate some music into the festival in an effort to uh, increase attendance. And, uh, of course, they, in fact, did that. And as a result of of the people dragging their old guitars and banjos and and fiddles out to uh, cooperate in that effort, in 63 it was, I I got uh, really excited about that, and, and Mr. Glenn Shanks and Buddy and Dean and I put together a little band. It was a beginning, but the road that would lead to the opening of the Ozark Folk Center would be, to borrow a phrase later used by some musicians from a different genre, a long and winding one. It would lead through setbacks, resurgences, political connections, and festivals that more or less successfully blended counterculture youth with old-timers with whom they had little in common except overalls and banjos. And it would take yet another decade, one during which Bookmiller Shannon and others would turn Stone County's courthouse into a legendary music venue. Thanks, Charlie. Let's finish today's show with four more tunes from Danny Dozier. While Danny's talent could have led him to a fast-paced life as a touring musician, he has instead chosen to remain in the pleasant and slower-paced town of Batesville, Arkansas, where he plays often at benefits and community functions. Here's Danny Dozier at the Ozark Folk Center State Park. So round, so firm, so fully packed That's my gal, so complete from front to back. That's my pal, toasted by the sun. And I'm a son of a gun. If she don't make my five o'clock shadow come around at one, you could bet your boots I'd walk for miles through the snow just to see that toothpaste smile they mentioned on the radio. If you don't think she's a lot of fun, just ask the man that owns one. So round, so firm, so fully packed, that's my gal. So firm, so fully packed That's for me She's just like a money back Guarantee Like a barfly goes for drinks Like Bobby Sox go for Frank 
And just like Jesse James would go for money in the bank From head to foot she's perfect size She's a whiz She always wears a 45 Gun that is She's got the look that's so impressive She's got the paws that's so refreshing So round, so firm, so fully packed That's my gal She's done told me that I'm top hand. It won't be long till she wears my brand. So round, so firm, so fully packed. That's my gal. <laughs> Thank you. You know, last night, one of my songs was So Round, So Firm, So Fully Packed, which is a song that Merle Travis wrote, and I always got a kick out of it. And I always like to do some songs that don't, aren't so serious, that are just having fun and friendly, and, and people laugh and, and have a good time. But I didn't want to do it again tonight. So I thought, well, I, I want to sing another song. And so there's a song called Eastbound Freight Train, which is a song that Grandpa Jones wrote. I don't know if Merle played on the original cut on that. I know Merle Travis did a lot of guitar work for Grandpa Jones. So I thought I would throw Eastbound Freight Train on tonight's list to show some Travis picking and, and show my respect to uh, the songwriting of Grandpa Jones there. so far away I can hear the freight train blowing I'll be gone before the break of day I guess I'll have to stop my daily rambling so tonight I'm gonna start my journey back setting on the top of this old box car sailing down that silver stream of trash Oh. 
eastbound freight train, eastbound freight train, let me stay till the end. Thank you. Deep River Blues, I, that's a song, when I was starting to, to try to learn more of the Travis style of playing rhythm and bass and, and lead at the same time, um, before I'd really heard about Merle Travis to speak of, I'd, I'd heard of Doc Watson, and I had Doc's albums and stuff, and I always liked Deep River Blues, and either one of the records or, or maybe Will the Circle Be Unbroken, it could have been from that, but Doc breaks that down, he goes, now, you know, here's how I start on this, he's just playing the bass run, and here's how the rhythm come in, now here's, here's the lead. So he's explaining this, you know, and um, I really wanted to play that song last night for one reason, because it does show the Merle Travis style, but it, I don't sing a whole lot, but I did want to sing a couple of songs last night, um, and I knew the words to that song, so I thought that would be a good song that would fit in. I could show my respect for Doc Watson and Merle Travis and sing a song, um, so that was the reason I did uh, Deep River Blues. She'll float cause I got them deep river blues I'm going back to muscle shows Times are better there I've been told Cause I got them deep river blues If my boat sinks with me I'll go down then don't you see Cause I got them deep river blues now it's time to say goodbye And if I sink, just let me die Cause I got them deep river blues Thank you. 
When I started trying to work up instrumental music, I started working up Beatles songs because Beatles songs have great melodies, good chords. So the Beatles music to me is um, it's really, really adapted. Well, I, I guess if I had to list an artist that I had the most of, it would be the Beatles. It just adapts to finger style so well. And you know, it's not the... Uh, it's not the Travis style, it's, it's, but it's finger style, so it really works well. That was four more great tunes from this week's guest musician, Danny Dozier. For more information about what you've heard this week, as well as playlists from our other shows, be sure and visit us on the web at ozarkhighlandsradio.com. I'm your host, Dave Smith. See you next week. Ozark Highlands Radio is produced by Jeff Glover. Executive producer is Darren Dorton. Additional support for this program comes from the Committee of 100, proudly supporting the Ozark Folk Center State Park since 1974, and by Arkansas State Parks, with 52 unique reasons to visit the natural state. More information online at arkansasstateparks.com. For information on upcoming shows and events, we are on the web at ozarkhighlandsradio.com. Until next time, I'm Donna Farrar.